Hello. Welcome to another podcast, Innovation in Government Business. I'm Christian Dunn, Managing Partner at Strategic Institute for Innovation and Government Contracting. Today we have something different. We have a pre-recorded session from the 2022 Breakthrough Energetics Conference, where Rick Dunn, founder of Strategic Institute, had a session, got right to the point of what other transactions may be used for, how they can help, and why education is such a powerful tool. Enjoy. My message is that the uh, most important innovation, and I'll stop there and say when I'm talking innovation, I'm not talking uh, about some minor tweaking uh, of the system. I'm talking about significant positive change. The most important innovation that the Department of Defense and government generally can engage in at this point in time is business process innovation. And part of that business process innovation is getting rid of a lot of non-value-added process that exists uh, in the department uh, and throughout government uh, today. I was at a meeting <clears throat> a couple days ago uh, at which the uh, Acquisition Council of the House Foreign Services Committee said that the Department of Defense has all of the acquisition authorities that it needs. And it should not look to Congress for more authority. It should execute the authorities that Congress has given to it over the last few decades. That is one of the greatest failures of the Department of Defense, not to utilize the flexible acquisition authorities that are available to it, not to train the workforce, to get out of its business as usual mode. And I lay this failure at the feet of leadership. And uh, I'm going to be talking something uh, a bit about other transactions. And uh, some of our top leaders in the previous administration, in this administration, occasionally say nice things about other transactions. Uh, and they have a profound lack of real understanding about the potential of the authorities that Congress has vested in the, in the department uh, in the last uh, several years. So looking for Congress to fix the problem is probably not the place to go. Uh, executive positive action uh, needs to take place. Uh, and, and this relates, I think, to all of the three issues that uh, Jose uh, mentioned for it. First of all, rather than, than talking in general about other transactions, uh, I want to make sure everyone in the audience knows what I'm talking about. These are contractual actions. These are relation, things that allow relationships to be built in a variety of parties uh, that are not standard contracts, grants, or cooperative agreements. They can be used for the same purposes as those instruments, but they transcend those instruments. They transcend cooperative research and development agreements, and they basically can operate as commercial style contracts or, based, or under freedom of contract mode. There are very few regulations uh, or inhibitions on, uh, on their use. Uh, the first of these uh, 
the, the original other transactions authority for DOD. By the way, if that term sounds strange, other transactions, uh, when I originally proposed the legislation to Congress, uh, the words that I used was notwithstanding any other law. Uh, and that didn't fly with uh, uh, the uh, committee staffers that I was working with. And I said, okay, let's use the words that are found in the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, other transactions as may be necessary in the work of the administration, which means sort of everything else. Or So other transactions was the terminology that we used. The first statute was enacted in 1989, the first agreement was in 1990, that first agreement was with a firm entirely supported by venture capital, no other I mean, no other line of revenue. That authority is called research other transactions. Interesting thing about Congress on these authorities is that that authority existed for nearly 30 years as section 2371 of Title 10. It was originally specific the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency after our use, after DARPA's use of it for two years, and it was expanded to the whole department. And that authority is for the purpose of engaging in basic applied and advanced research projects. And as I said, these are unencumbered by the federal acquisition regulation or by laws and regulations uh, relating to the uh, assistance world. After a successful use of that authority, uh, um, among the successful uses was in the technology reinvestment project, uh, dual use projects with multiple parties, with uh, cost sharing, uh, technology reinvestment project under DARPA auspices for two years. The government invested $672 million and leveraged a billion dollars in private funding uh, in those projects. Um, after a couple of years of successful use of that authority, uh, the authority was expanded as uh, prototypes of weapons and weapon systems. Again, uh, originally ARPA, one of the major programs that we uh, pioneered using that, the first major program that we pioneered using that authority was Global Hawk. Global Hawk is a uh, autonomous reconnaissance, long range reconnaissance vehicle still in use today. Uh, and it was uh, developed in a, in a very expeditious and uh, uh, rapid uh, manner. Uh, it was actually transitioned. It, DARPA was originally planning to do uh, 10 models. After seven had been produced, it was uh, transitioned to the, uh, to the Air Force, which, among other things, greatly increased the cost of the uh, program. That authority, like the original uh, research authority, was expanded to the entire department. And today, when people talk about other transactions, many of them are thinking about the prototype of the transactions, which is what DOTSI and uh, DOTSI was the original version of this consortium model. They're not actually consortia. It's a different point. Uh, that has expanded. There's about three dozen of them now. Um, they're certainly an easy button for government uh, folks that want to put money quickly on contract. But as Jose said, they're... they're um, potential for, for collaboration and for multiple parties getting together to have cradle-to-grave projects and to have all the expertise that you need had really not been uh, utilized. And that's one of the great failures of Peter and the potential of collaboration together coalitions of folks that really drive a project uh, home through all the pages of the gritty 
not having a single prime contractor, for example, having a, a new lead phase by phase uh, as the liquidity grows until we actually get to uh, deployment and ultimately finish. Um, and then in addition, there's another authority called Experimental Procurement Authority, which actually has a long history to it. Um, so uh, Congress has played a kind of a joke on us. These authorities existed for years under certain section numbers in the US code. And in uh, NDAA 2021, Congress changed the section numbers. They reorganized uh, 10 US code as far as acquisition things were concerned, effective on the 1st of January, 2022. The numbers of these sections all changed. Subsequent to that, Congress again reorganized uh, Title 10. And so within two years, the numbers of these various authorities have changed three times. So today, the, uh, the research authority is, is 10 USC 4022. The prototype authority is 4023. And let me just uh, read the uh, operative language. The, uh, the Secretary of Defense, Secretaries of Military Departments, the Director of Departments, and other authorized officials uh, under this, the authority may carry out prototype projects that are directly relevant to enhancing the mission effectiveness military per personnel stop keep that thought in mind that's a very broad concept enhancing the mission effectiveness and the supporting platforms systems components or materials proposed to be acquired or developed by the department of defense and the improvement of the security. in addition to and and that particular authority prototype projects in the event of a successful prototype project may be transitioned without further um, competition to production. And the, the competition that is re required in order to have that non-competitive transition to production is such as under protect, uh, pro competitive procedures, not full and open competition under FAR, but such competitive procedures as make sense for what, whatever the particular project is third authority that I want to mention is procurement for experimental purposes. Uh, this is now codified at 10 U.S.C. 4023. The Secretary of Defense, Secretaries of Military Departments may each buy, and the first item is ordinance. That goes on with a laundry list of other, <clears throat> other domains uh, necessary for experimental or test purposes. Uh, the, the second section, subsection B, says that purchases may be made inside or outside the United States by contract or otherwise. The Armed Services Procurement Act doesn't apply as long as the quantities are those, only those necessary for experimentation, technical evaluation, assessment of operational utility or safety, or to provide a residual operational capability. In addition to that, we have authority to award uh, incentive prizes, that can be the front end of a project that can get, uh, we've, we've used the, the DARPA Grand Challenge of, uh, un, uh, 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 of autonomous vehicles uh, has led to many of the technologies that are in our automobiles today. Um, and uh, we also have in US code, a civil military integration policy uh, that has never been implemented, which basically says dual use should be the default position Department of Defense for Science Technology. So, um, um, and in addition to research, prototyping, 
we also have the authority to conduct major programs um, without going into all of the overhead and the bureaucracy of programs of record. Congress has created something called middle tier of acquisition, which does not require programs to be designated as major defense acquisition programs and does not require all the overhead. We can get beyond the requirements process. We can start with what problem are we trying to solve and bring together a collaborative team to apply knowledge to uh, our, our deficiencies, our capability gaps, understand the problem, select the goals, and create a, a rational path to get to those goals. Um, back to the issue of private investment. One of the projects that we established in the late 1990s was called the Commercial Operations and Support Savings Initiative, where basically the department went out and looked for a commercial product that could be adapted, that could be uh, put into a kit that would be a replacement for components or parts of a legacy system. And we have lots of legacy platforms out there. Uh, create the kit, qualify it, and if it turned out to be as good or better as far as performance and less costly than what we were using today, then the government would guarantee a market for it and purchase product that involved both government, non-recurring engineering investment, and often investment by industry. In that program, when it was run by DARPA for two years, $100 million research and development appropriation resulted, and this is Jack Gansler, the Under Secretary of Defense figure, not mine, resulted in $3 billion of savings and payment costs. Uh, I've been rambling on here uh, for a while. Well, let me, one, one more thing about Nazi and, and its model. Very convenient way to, to put money on project. Unfortunately, the model is basically limited to, to be a multiple award task order contract. Not really been used as uh, the basis for pulling together collaborative uh, projects. Could be, but the government leadership lacks the vision to see this and to urge the consortium management firms to engage in the, in the kind of competition that emphasizes collaboration rather than one-on-one -on -one, uh, competition. There's a lack of leadership in this area, of flexible ways of doing business. There's a lack of education on the part of the workforce. If we fix those things, it will open up whole new vistas for how we can deal with uh, serious problems on things like energetics and other areas. Yeah, the deficiency in education is profound. And it's not just uh, a deficiency in education. It's deficiency. It's, it's a dysfunctional organization. Uh, we have layers of bureaucracy. I mean, if you go back to the Packard Commission in 1986, why is the federal acquisition system, uh, why does it deliver things that cost too much and takes too long? Uh, and they, the answer was because of it's a highly regulated purchasing system. There are layers of bureaucracy. And the uh, at the working level, the workforce is basically in fear because there's so many things that can go wrong. And if you go to part one of the federal acquisition regulation, the first duty of a contracting officer is compliance with the myriad of laws, executive orders, regulations, and so on and so forth. Using business judgment you know, is, is way down on the list of what a contracting officer should do. So we've got the, the wrong workforce involved in, uh, in executing other transactions. Think about it. You know, 
who should be in charge? Who, who should be the lead member of a small, empowered, and protected team to get something done? It's probably somebody who has the title program manager, somebody who has a mission to accomplish and has been assigned a budget to do it, not somebody whose primary job is compliance, especially if you're in the other transactions mode where there's very little to comply with and where there's a maximization of business judgment, uh, partnering, understanding the, the needs of all the parties to the transaction, uh, the department. This is, this is the big failure of leadership, that they've allowed the bureaucracy to, to move forward, to uh, co-opt other transactions and, and minimize the, uh, the potential effect of having a revolutionary way of, uh, of doing business.